back to It Was Murder. We're the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world. I'm your <laughs> diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Uto. Hello, and I'm the, the satisfied virgin, Joe Garber. And tonight, my heart belongs to Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> tonight what? My heart belongs to Daddy. Come again? <laughs> my heart belongs to Daddy. Ugh. God. A <laughs> uh, really gross titled episode. Making my stomach hurt. I know. It's making my throat itch. Daddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's find out why in a segment we call The Minute Max, where the we try to sum up Max. the plot of this episode in 60 seconds, starting with Joe. Hey, yay. Yay, Joe. Yay, I get to talk about Daddy. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> My heart belongs <laughs> to Daddy. We start in London, and there's horror music playing, and a guy walks into a room and sticks a tape recorder under a table and then threatens to kill a man if he doesn't do something, but I can't remember what. Uh, Jennifer and Jonathan are flying back from somewhere in their private jet, and they're, they can't wait to get home and see Max, but Jennifer's daddy calls, and her daddy wants them to come and, <laughs> uh, and spend a week in their home in Maryland. So she goes with Jonathan to Maryland, they find see the daddy um they're hanging out and then some strange occurrences happen like uh the daddy gets called and says that you need to go to south america and a guy comes to pick up his dead body but then that guy gets killed because it turns out that the daddy is part of, is in the cia um jennifer did not know her daddy was part of the cia so she <laughs> they go uh what do they do they go to a memorial war museum uh and confront the nazi who's trying to kill her daddy <laughs> Uh, her daddy saves her life and <laughs> then they all live happily ever after. And then they ask what Jennifer asked Jonathan what the first thing he's going to do when he gets home and he kisses her at the end. <laughs> wow. wow, you really nailed it. Did I? <laughs> yeah, that I was everything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Joe. Wow, you're really, really. Um, Did I say daddy? Knocking too him much? dead with the minute maxes. <laughs> oh, no. Can okay. you ever? I don't think so. Just enough. I was safe. Not in my book. I was, pl- I was playing it really safe. <laughs> Really? <laughs> <clears throat> I don't think I ever called my father daddy mm. once my entire life. Mm-hmm. Not your father. No, I always <laughs> referred to him as Mr. Edward Ito. Just kidding. That's not even his name. Okay. <clears throat> He's not my real dad. No, you called him. Right. You called him Pa. <laughs> pa. 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 All right. My heart belongs to daddy. Here we go. So, we're in London, and a blonde yet German version of Inigo Montoya comes to the antique stagler, and he's basically like, hey, um, you killed my father, prepare to die. And um, so, everybody, well, then that guy dies. Then, uh, Jennifer's in an airplane with Jonathan, they're heading home, or are they? They go to Jennifer's dad's house. Surprise, it's actor Ray Milan, and Jennifer was raised, as we already know, in the house that they have at the end of the game of life, if you win. And so, we find (laughs) out that her dad is actually in... He was in the OSS and he was a freaking Nazi hunter, Nazi killer in the OSS, which then becomes the CIA. And then you get a blind boss. Um, so there's three Nazi hunters and the guy that's trying to kill them is somebody, Christian Obermeyer. And he then turns into Christian Crossbobermeyer and tries <laughs> to shoot everybody and kill them in really terrible ways. So then there's a hearse and a creepy undertaker that calls Jennifer a 10. You're a 10, Jenny. Uh, and then um, uh, a bunch of crazy shit happens and they end up at a museum knocking over a bunch of mannequins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Everything you said was true. I don't think you said daddy a single time. <laughs> Just like in real life. How did yeah. you, how'd you avoid it? Father. 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 Paul. Our, my heart belongs to father. Okay, I'll give it a go. Um, even though I think you both did wonderful work so uh, yeah, i'm just gonna you. take it as easy as i can um my heart belongs to daddy the hearts are flying back from somewhere and they uh decide to stop in thousand oaks maryland to uh see paul <laughs> jennifer's dad <laughs> and they hang out on the horse farm that uh she grew up on in some fabulous riding clothes. And then a creepy guy named Lester shows up in a hearse and says, I'm here to pick up your dead father. And de- and her living father says, that's a mistake. And he goes, oh, that's weird. Jenny, Jen, Jenny, Jen, you're a 10. <laughs> over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, then he gets shot in the head by the blonde German guy that's out to kill her father. Um, but he doesn't get to... Because he misses with a crossbow, which is weird. And then he uh, runs the hearts off the road <laughs> in a hearse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot and they have a slow motion crash into a bunch of hay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious why you chose to go with the word father. <laughs> father. That's a strange choice. <laughs> Well, uh, oh, wow. even as as well as I think <laughs> Joe and Ellen did, I think we have someone who may have done a little bit better. <laughs> Most likely. It's not fair. It isn't <laughs> fair at all. But honestly, this is the kind of rigging that I'm here for. Yeah. Uh, it is our, our ringers, Bill and Jenny. Bill and Jenny. It makes me feel like we're on one of those variety Christmas specials or something where then there's always somebody at the door like ding dong. And Joe's like, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> Is it Santa and we Claus? all know that it's David Bowie. Okay. And Bing Crosby having a horrible fight. Yeah. Except it's not. It's Santa daddy. <laughs> Santa daddy. Who could that be? It's Tony Orlando and Dawn. Oh no. Keep the door closed. <laughs> Turn out the What are lights. you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here in festive sweaters prepared to sing at our fake piano <laughs> I'm, I'm losing the thread right it's because i'm so stressed about how good other people's minute maxes are mm-hmm. i prefer to have people be better than us at it at least they get the episode across to, to the listeners yeah in a way yeah <laughs> i in just find way, it, i just find them very entertaining <laughs> in a different way from us hey you guys <sighs> to be clear, I enjoy them, but look, sometimes there has to be a voice of dissent. <laughs> it's true. Okay. You've perfected that, so it's good. Thanks. <laughs> sometimes I throw my voice of dissent into Joe, though. I just haven't done it for a while. <laughs> he is, sometimes. He is your dummy. <laughs> He's your dummy, and we both know it. Dissent dummy. <laughs> your your heart belongs to dummy. <laughs> you're both my daddies. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer father. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, for, I prefer pa. <laughs> Mr. Ito. <laughs> <laughs> just imagining like, like five-year-old Ooh. Ellen going, Mr. Ito. <laughs> Mr. Ito. <laughs> That's cute. Joyce said I could have a cookie. <laughs> Sir, may I enter the cake decorating contest? That actually happened. I mean, not the sir part. Okay. Ding dong. Oh my God. I wonder who's at the door. Who could it be? Who 
could be out on a night like tonight. Oh my God, it's Bill and Jenny. Bill and Jenny. Welcome it's to the studio. Mary and Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Here to give immaculate birth to a minute max. <laughs> off, the, off the cuff. <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> Unrehearsed. <laughs> completely. Hey, Bill and Jenny, what happened on this episode of Heart to Heart? The Sisler Family Playhouse presents Valage for Heart. <laughs> Darling, it's my heart belongs to Daddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Arian Psycho Nazi looks for Stephen Edwards and can't find him. Jonathan gets the father-in-law cock block on the way to the magical horse farm. And now it's time for Jennifer Before Puberty. I'm young, I'm German, I'm ready to kill. Blind CIA agent tells Stephen, your ass is grass, Cochise. Son of a Nazi tries to make his point. Honey, I'm a spy. I kill people. My bad. On your left, you'll see the Jefferson Memorial, and on your right, you'll see Jennifer being kidnapped. <laughs> that guy confrontation time in a museum? Nah. When we get home, I'm going to kiss Freeway, hug Max, and call Daddy. What are you going to do, darling? Boink, you senseless. The yeah. end. <laughs> wow. Boink, you senseless. So, to to be fair, and to, ad to address Ellen's point of, of how good... <laughs> Jenny and Billsman and Max Max's are which they are they are they are, <laughs> they are. truly they are. <laughs> a highlight of the entire podcast. Yeah, um, they are not illuminating anybody <laughs> as to what happened on the episode. If you hadn't watched the episode, you wouldn't know what the fuck they were talking about. <laughs> I guess not. I would know if somebody got boinked senseless though. Yeah, mm. although I do. I I love their. Oh, the word uh, boink freaks me out. Oh yeah. God, I can't believe I said it. <laughs> boinked. Uh, I yeah, Jenny and Bill, keep them coming. They're my favorite thing. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> yes, but the ringers, Ellen, they're not doing our work. Our work is to <laughs> to let the listener who may not know what happened in this episode mm. know what happened in this episode. Mm -hmm. I love the arid desert landscape of Maryland. <laughs> yes, Maryland fall. was I, the, having a, a rough drought. The yeah. dusty mountains of Maryland. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> the, the yellow grass mm -hmm. of Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> the desert palms. Yes. <laughs> Everyone loves. Kept the thread of Jennifer's childhood house. Jennifer's daddy was so deep in the CIA that he convinced her they lived in Maryland when they were <laughs> in true. LA <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> It's so dusty there. Expansive, mm. dusty horse farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a giant brown lake. And like all the plants native to California on that farm, they just... Weird. They had them, uh, I think... That they had them brought in. They had them brought in. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Succulents love Maryland. <laughs> Jennifer, yeah. she really takes it in stride that her dad, her whole life has been a CIA agent undercover. She really doesn't react that I don't much. I don't think she takes it in shred in that first scene where he's like, we've always had a bond of, of trust and respect. And it's like, uh, I don't think you've always had it because you just revealed that your entire yeah. life <laughs> is a lie. Yeah, um, it's true. But the way she says, I understand her face is screaming. <laughs> I don't understand. You've been lying <laughs> to me the whole time, but it just, it's just a split second, but she's not smiling and she's not nodding. Her face is like, like, I understand. No, I, kind no of, I don't understand. I kind of wish that they would have. I wish they would have bonded over said secrecy because their oh. secrecy is involved with espionage and, and like the shit that the hearts get involved in 
all the fucking time. So yeah. it's like I wanted there to be like an apple doesn't fall far from the tree moment. There was, but you were refilling your water. Oh shit. Yeah, you missed this moment between <laughs> Jennifer and her dad that was so mm-hmm. beautiful and touching. It was oh, damn really it. I forgot to mention it to you after you came back in that she it she starts tearing up and she says, What does she say? It was like you taught me to be strong. She it was a really beautiful moment. I really like that was my mm-hmm. favorite part of the whole episode. It was really nice. <laughs> so they do go for the thread, and that's what I love about this character of her dad being an agent because mm-hmm. it really explains a lot about her, whether she knew it or not. Right? She's a reporter. Mm-hmm. She's an intrepid uh, working woman. Yeah. Who then also, you know, she says this is the quote. Poses herself on other people's mysteries and crimes. I wrote it down. She says, "You are the best part of me. You taught me to be strong and how to survive." Oh. And then a tear. And Eric's Eric's like, "I'm so thirsty." Yeah. Water cooler is amazing. So hot. Yeah. So that scene was sort of her saying, "It's okay that you didn't tell me about this. You being a spy, sort of. That's how I took it, anyways." Was, yeah, right. yeah. But I feel like she, I feel like she would be as as kind of hurt as she might be from the secrecy. Mm-hmm. She has she has to have an inherent understanding of it mm-hmm. um, because of her life experience. Totally right. And in the world of heart to heart, this is not that insane of a thing no for Jennifer no, no, experience no. <laughs> based on if we look back what she I mean, experiences weekly <laughs> i like that they went full-on like nazi hunter yeah with it because That's sexy ray milan totally seems like he <laughs> would be the agent that would be the nazi hunter and i i mean it gets it gets awfully specific considering some of the broader strokes painted in heart to heart episodes when he's like, then in 1960, we mm-hmm. caught Obermeyer. And it's like, is it about to get like all boys from Brazil or something? <laughs> it's about to happen. Mm-hmm. It's good shit. This is one of his last but, roles is the trivia for this episode. Yeah. That was his, one of his very last roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel for Roman me, what's too right. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> happened to Rosemary's baby. Um, <laughs> Can we talk about how everyone is just going wild with the you look like a 10 Jenny situation? Oh. And then there's the creepy thing with Jonathan and Lester. And it's like, his name is Lester. Yeah. That, it, it, it was so much. Like, I felt like the Lester character was way too much. I was enjoying him until that. <laughs> so Lester is the man who comes to pick up. Uh, Jennifer's dad's body because someone calls in that Jennifer's dad has died. So this Lester, the mortician, is that what he is? Mm-hmm. Undertaker. Undertaker comes to pick up the body and recognizes Jennifer from high school or growing up. Junior high or high school. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny calls, calls Jenny. her Jen. 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 Jenny. Jenny. So she's a ten. very creepy. You're a 10 in front of her dad Tenny. and husband. That was the yeah. grossest. Like, so it, it was gross. so... You look like a 10, Jenny. He should have been punched out so many times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then the disgusting. whole thing about his nose. What do you think of my nose? I'm like, that's not a nose job nose, sir. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't get that one. <laughs> it's a good nose. I like his nose, but that is not a nose that people paid for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that the actor that's playing Lester, um, I think he does a great job. But, mm-hmm. And obviously, because we're all super creeped out by Lester. Oh, of course. Um, so great job. <laughs> actor playing lester but huh mm-hmm. 
Um, but then I sort of love the way that Jennifer's dad clearly hates Lester. Yeah, that was um, cute. when he's when he says some people <laughs> light up a room just by leaving it. Yeah, that was such a good line. That was so really great. really good. <laughs> good one, Daddy. Stephen Edwards laying laying the sick semi cliched burns um, all over fake Maryland. <laughs> where when so right so Obermeyer calls it calls the mortician calls Lester mm-hmm. and his lurch like assistant straight from central casting of like. <laughs> The Adams family or something. I found that extra hilarious. But so I was guessing that Obermeyer calls so that he can follow them out to the Edwards home, right? He calls and says Stephen Edwards has died and then yes. he follows them out there yes. to make sure that he has the right house. And where was I going with this? I don't even know. Maryland. Um, fake Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> I started thinking about Lester again and then I just got creeped out. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh. No, Ray Milano. I was talking about how he was strafing uh, fake Maryland with uh, cliched burns. And so he pulls out the much misquoted and also misquoted by Ray Milano as Stephen Edwards moment, which is reports of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. Oh. Yeah. Which is, of course, pitch perfect when an undertaker bizarrely comes to collect your dead body and yeah. you walk back <laughs> into the room. But it was just like, oh, Stephen Edwards, what a class act. <laughs> Ray Milano. Wearing like brown slacks up to his collarbone, and he's still just mm-hmm. so perfect and amazing. Mm. He was great. Uh, the you brought up his clothes, so I I need to bring up the clothes, the riding outfits that everyone wore mm-hmm. were stellar. Oh really? Oh, they I was were good. Say, yeah. Terrible. Jonathan's features in particular. Oh, I did not like that on Jonathan. I did not like that look. Oh, Uh-oh. oh, uh-huh. I loved it. Oh, I thought Jonathan I thought it was great. great. Uh, uh, Jennifer's riding Jennifer's riding outfit, that coat oh with God. the piping. Yes. I was just like, oh this my one? God, I want that so bad. Yes. Huge shoulders. I, of course, can't super, wear it, but that coat was so good. And uh, with the polo. Super 40s via the 80s <laughs> style, which is perfect. The, the polo sweater under was, <laughs> God, she was so cute. Yes. Yeah, the polo turtleneck. The, the riding pants. Her butt looked so fucking good. Ugh. Yeah, it was good. She's wearing the brown like match with the boots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love riding clothes. I think that, I mean, it's just a classic look. I think that I actually really liked Ray Malone's, um, his moleskin hats, his mm-hmm. Tyrolean hats. I did too. The <laughs> feathers in the band. It's just, just an overall good look, you know, and very much aligned with fake Maryland, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just kept thinking they are sweating to death. <laughs> he still had on his little his jaunty neck scarf, mm-hmm. which yeah. we're we've still we're still dealing with our friend jaunty neck scarf three seasons in. Um, mm-hmm. But he also wore that leather jacket, that like leather not jacket quite a bolero, so right? But kind of riffing on that because it was it was uh, to the waist. Yeah, and then it had a western yoke on it and brass buttons. That was a, that was. A, <laughs> tight look but a narrow collar it was like a really mm-hmm. it it just looked good it was it good was it was really like good. sort of a tweak on a gaucho look right mm-hmm. a vaquero sort of reference we're really selling that they were actually in maryland with those <laughs> horse clothes and warmer warmer or colder weather clothes <laughs> really sold it yeah <laughs> I, I just really believed I, it i seriously just kept thinking they are sweating to death like yeah. they're so <laughs> uncomfortable right now yeah in all that wool 
it's just sun bleached beyond uh, mm-hmm. sun recognition. Bleached Maryland. But, yeah, but I I thought for sure that uh, for Joe in particular that there would be some points gained mm. uh, because they show the same house that yes they've shown before when they were doing Jennifer's that modest backstory. Very modest cottage with Roman the, columns. Uh, the house yeah. at the end. Of the game of life. And I servant. thought that was great. That made me really happy. Yeah. Like, I, cause again, I, like, I think I'm more into the world building than Joe is necessarily. Oh, really? No, so I, like, I love no, that stuff. I apologize. The continuity of that. Anytime there's like, they say something and then it comes back or they mm. show something and then it returns. I am so, so there for it. Even in a small way, like just the, the episode previous where she mentions her father and mm-hmm. the next yeah. episode is about her father. Yeah. I I like that kind of shit. I like that it's, too. It just makes I, me believe in what I'm in what I'm watching. I'm pretty shocked by the foresight. I mean, who knows what sequence they shot these episodes in, but having that exact house in the photo in like four episodes ago. When was that? When they were in Hawaii, wasn't it? Yeah, wait, it was dude with the computer. Yeah, it was the computer. <laughs> the computer collector. The that, collector that shows oh, yeah. creepy That's collector. Right. Oh, computer, God. who is the magic lady? <laughs> the glass hearts under glass. Hearts right? under glass. Oh God, I forgot about that episode. Oh no, let's not go back <laughs> with the invisible cat. Uh, hearts yeah. under glass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the cat roar in the first act. Yes, and no cat yeah. in the fifth. Yeah. Chekhov's cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And also, Jennifer's horse growing up was named Sweet Sue. Sweet Sue. And then they bring out another horse, and she says, that's a dead ringer for Sweet Sue. And her daddy says, that's Brulu. Lulu. <laughs> Blue Lou. Okay. Um, rewrite. I would suggest the, the horse. <laughs> well, it's been a while since a rewrite. I know. I have we a, haven't had a rewrite corner in a oh, minute. Oh, wow. The, so yeah. it's on a plot rewrite. I have, I think I have three rewrites for this episode, but they're all just single line rewrites. This is the first one. <laughs> new thing. Name the horse New Sue. If you're going to rhyme and you had a horse called Sweet Sue. New Sue. New Sue. What the fuck? Why would you waste that opportunity? Even if it was a male horse, I don't give a shit. Um, so that's my first rewrite. I want to wait for the second and third rewrites because okay. they're pretty stellar. <laughs> um, I want to talk about how cool the inside of the jet was on this oh, episode. Shit. I'm like, I, can I live on this fake jet set? Mm. Because that was amazing. It was really nice. They had framed photos. Yeah, framed like photos that a, don't that don't move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's like drinks on the table. Mm-hmm. bunch of shag shag rugs no sharp edges anywhere mm-hmm. lots of beautiful blonde wood a phone with a retractable cord but also my favorite thing in that scene uh was that when she's talking on the phone to her father mm-hmm. pa that she starts talking so loud into the phone that <laughs> it was one of the most realistic scenes ever in totally. the history of heart to heart totally where people just get on the phone and all of a sudden like hello yeah <laughs> Daddy! <laughs> yeah, there I said it. That was for you, Joe. Who's what yeah. name? Thank you. What name did they keep saying? Like Jay, connect me to to my daddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, <laughs> they kept saying a name. It was like La Mobile, La Mobile, but it was the it really was the air version of that. It yeah, was I think like, it was Jay. Jay, yeah. Jay, connect me yeah. to my father. <laughs> Jay, connect me to Max. <laughs> that was funny. Back, I mean, I don't know what the climate crisis was at during this in public conscience consciousness but 
now private jets, you know, are very much every time I see one, I'm like, fuck no, like that's horrible. You are an asshole if you're on a private jet right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the client, like what the temperature. Uh, it was. was in 1982. It was coming to light that we were fucking up Earth real bad. Okay. Um, but it was also tamped down very, yeah. very politely by I feel like a, a man named Ronald Reagan. Private jets at that point probably <laughs> also, were. So during the Carter years, of course, there was the gas yeah. crisis That's... and the shift to more um, gas conscious using vehicles. There was a big push for solar energy. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, people obviously like the hippies had been aware all that time as were the indigenous populations, and I'm guessing a lot of farmers and stuff, but in terms of there being like a, a push for corporations and a political push, I would say that it didn't really hmm. come to the the grander like national stage until all that OPEC shit went down. Everybody got screwed. Yeah. Our house, we had solar panels on our house oh. um, because my dad signed us, our family up to be part of like a test group. To test out solar panel water heating. That's awesome. And we, they were only removed maybe like three or four years ago. I mean, they were maintained, but they were only, my mom took them off because she's just living there on her own. So she doesn't need to heat that much water. So mm-hmm. she just, whatever. It was time to replace them. If I own this building, the first thing I would do is put solar oh panels my God. on the roof. Like, I don't know I don't why every, place, why in every place in LA doesn't have solar it's panels. It doesn't insane. make any sense. <laughs> yeah, so in their neighborhood, there were a bunch of, of houses that had signed up to test these things out for the city of Seattle. And so there's another solar power and a wind power house not very far from my parents' house. The nice. reason my mom just removed them was because she was going to have to replace the whole thing. And I think she was just kind of like, I'm old and I hate earth i i gave her some i gave her some shit about it though the same way that i yeah would when i was a kid at this at this stage of my life sorry listeners i don't think you hate earth sorry if any listeners are owner operators of private jets i just feel like you're kind of an asshole (laughs) if if you're flying in a private jet you're a little you're a little bit of an asshole at this point in in (gasps) world history of humanity Said like somebody that maybe has not been on a private jet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if we have a listener, one listener that's on a private jet Give that us has some a private money. jet, I want my rent paid. Donate. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You owe me. For the amount of damage you've caused. Have we, you been on a private jet? We please jet, you Nolan? for an hour a week. <laughs> and I want, yeah. I want Give money. Us money. Ellen only flies private. <laughs> It's better for everyone that way. We, have, we, we need like a <laughs> private jet Patreon level. Like, <laughs> I love to yell into the phone at you guys when I'm on the private jet. <laughs> Joe, how are you, darling? Yeah. Jay, connect me Hang to on Joe. Hang a second. Oh, God, I laughed so hard the champagne came out of my nose. <laughs> I'm flying to Maryland. Um. <laughs> Do we have enough fuel to get to Maryland? You know, Maryland. That's where the Orioles come from. Oh, oh that, that was... Max. Okay, so what was going on with Max this season? Like, I, I, yeah. I have like a question. I, I, I'm it's curious gone. if Max was otherwise occupied. Like, was he doing a play? Was he having health issues? Busy? Was he having health issues? I don't. I, I, my first thought didn't go to health issues because I do think this season he looks great. He just looks healthy. He's glowing. He's he seems he trim yeah. and looks good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. He's he's been absent this season. 
yeah, he was he was completely out of one episode. Yeah, he was in uh, he wasn't in the Hawaii episode that they could have easily added him. There was a whole character that was basically what if him. what if, Mag, what if uh, Lionel Stander was like, I fucking hate Hawaii. Don't yeah. bring me to Hawaii. <laughs> He's like, I'm not a colonizer. I, mean, I, I feel like I mean Lionel Stander has has had some choice things to say about the show, <laughs> the really? show itself. But I don't think that's about that's anything about why he wouldn't. He wasn't on the season. I actually don't know. He wasn't in anything that came out during. Well, but he's a an old school thespian. Like he may have been in a play. On Broadway. Like he could have been on Broadway for for like true. I like that story. I'm gonna go with that story. Yeah, I like that because yeah, that'd be. I would. He was playing Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy Warbucks. Father Warbucks. <laughs> pa Warbucks. <Mr>. Father. <laughs> but I love that scene where he picks up. He picks up Freeway and says, they're going to Maryland where the Orioles are from. That was so fucking cute. The Orioles that was so really cute. So cute. cute. Yeah. But that was the only scene that we got of Max. Weird, too, because they weren't actually on location. So it's like you can't blame that. Yeah. I thought <laughs> I also thought Jonathan was going to invite him because he, he says, you want you, home cooking? You want home cooking? Yeah. And then I thought he said, let's land in Dallas. And I was like, oh, they're going to get some like Texas home cooking barbecue or something. <laughs> but then th- what What was that line? What did that mean? They're going to her home. To her home. Okay. Yeah. I, Without Max. I, yeah. I I also thought, oh, good. He's inviting Max. I really Max liked down. the, what do you call it? Servant <laughs> butler of, yeah. uh, he. Walter? S- yeah, Walter. He seemed like he could have been utilized a little bit more. He had a really good energy, but he wasn't in the episode very much. And he was just the butler, like nothing more than that. Yeah. I thought he was going to be something more eventually or save the day or something, but I really liked him immediately. And then he was just kind of like not around. I mean, he did sort of save the day because he let Stephen Edwards and Jonathan use his car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, because awesome Jonathan car. and Jennifer had wrecked the T-bird. T-bird. And the, yeah. Um this episode has the smallest cast that I can remember in a heart to heart episode. There are five people in this episode. Yeah. Six See, if you count the British guy in the in the antique shop. Rodney Bellingham with Rodney Bellingham. Bill Nye vibes. Okay. Who right? who said that man's a gadfly? <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> Who was that guy and why did the Nazi threaten him? And then why did he put a tape recorder under the table? Wait, two different people. So is it Christian Obermeier? Christian Obermeier was... was Christian Obermeier. So Christian Obermeier is the son of the Nazi that Ray Milland, the guy that looks like Bill Nye, and the Frenchman that he had had already been murdered. The three of them were working together for the OSS to track down Christian Obermeyer's father. Oberman. And they obviously caught him. He was tried, found guilty, and uh, imprisoned, and then he died, right? So okay. Mr. Bellingham is just one of those three dudes. So Christian Oberman is just Inigo Montoyaing the shit out of everything, <laughs> although he looks more like Ilya Kiryakin from The Man from Uncle. He looks like David McCallum. He puts the tape recorder underneath the thing. He says, I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to let you live. And then he puts the tape recorder under the thing so that he can find out where Stephen Edwards is. And then he comes back. (laughs) That actor who played Christian Obermeyer or or Oberman. Oberman. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry, Oberman. Why do I keep saying 
Overmeyer. Is it Overmeyer? Uh, no, it was Overman. Uh, Overman, sorry. Overman. I get my no- I get my Nazi surnames all confused. <laughs> His name was Kai Wolf, and he shares my birthday. That's exciting. Oh, what an exciting name! It's funny because Obermeyer, I was thinking would would be I'm a sorry, Jewish Overman. would be a Jewish name. Yeah, maybe yeah, which I, would I make just... sense for a Nazi to have, right? That's, that's fine. I didn't remember either of his names or him really didn't, is the Nazi. didn't really remember him as a character either, to be honest. The killer? Yeah. Or the old man? The killer. All of them. Uh, the <laughs> very, very forgettable for, to me. Uh, he put oh. the tape recorder very, very slyly, put that tape recorder under Dude's, <laughs> which is, which is like, come on, dude. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he put it, it was a voice activated tape recorder so that when he left, uh, when the guy picked up the phone to say, where's dude? Mm. Uh, he would find out where the dude was. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah, more like, sense. Cause he knew he would call immediately and be like, uh Oh, Joseph Oberman's kid yeah. is thing, crazy and thing, trying to kill us. And he killed uh, Jean-Louis Dumas. Jean-Louis Dumas. The thing that bothered Watch me was back. that he put the tape recorder in and then left and then came back and basically said, ah, I knew it. And then played the tape, and it was like, "Well, you didn't know shit because you hadn't played the tape yet." Well, he just overheard because he was outside the door. You're obviously, just... <laughs> that guy didn't react at all. He <laughs> just guy, sat there. Duncan, what's his name? Duncan. Uh, oh, is that the actor's name? Uh, <laughs> just that whole scene. Rodney Bellingham. Duncan Ross. Was the whole the sequence. Name. It's sort of horror music to very, very shitty stock footage of London. And then we're in this super brightly lit antique shop where the Nazi comes in and does the tape recorder thing. It is to be fair, he's the son of a Nazi. We don't know if he's a Nazi. Okay. Yeah. It's a very was, strange you killed my daddy. scene in general. So I was his heart belongs to, to daddy. That's yeah. whose heart belonged to daddy was his. Totally. <laughs> my name it's is Christian Oberman. Daddy's. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yeah. Oberman. <laughs> Oberman. I want it to be the last thing you hear. Oberman. Oberman. That was good. I liked, I liked the, him as a killer. I thought he was menacing. One of the most interesting uses of suspenseful or horror music, as you're saying to me was when he is in his giant 1982 car and pulls along the side of the road. And then there's super intense, suspenseful, like music. And, what you see on screen while that's happening is the door opens and then his feet come out and he stands up. But so I took that to mean like, yes, it is horrific when somebody wears the very, very most chocolatey brown pants and black loafers. (laughs) (laughs) That is horrific. It's like, I am screaming inside. (laughs) Yeah. That's disgusting. It was like, gasp. What did you think of his tool of choice? A crossbow with a single bolt when he, had a gun the whole time. I like the crossbow. I thought that, but I the, love a crossbow yeah, always. Confused. It was all set up. It was as if it was on display when he opened his trunk with the crossbow bolt perfectly just set upon it. It was so strange. It seemed to me like it was supposed, like he mm. was supposed to miss. Yeah, it was, it was like a warning shot. Yeah. Warning. Because he wanted to fuck with Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he didn't like, he wasn't chased <sighs> afterwards. Uh, he, you know, just I, th- I was expecting yeah. Jonathan to run, oh, yeah, after the dude. jump on this car, 
to jump on his car. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jonathan did a real good jump in this oh, episode, yeah, though. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. But <laughs> a warning shot is supposed to intimidate somebody. I do not feel intimidated if I see that guy running away. You know, with a crossbow, he just—they didn't see him though. He was far enough away that oh, they didn't really? even notice him. Okay. So, but this. Uh, but he did run away crazily as true. if he was five feet from them, which I found hilarious. Correct. And sort of charming. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, I just. Yeah. What's he doing up there? But uh, Jennifer's dad did mention like oh no he would rather torture me uh he he would rather torture me and torment me yeah. until until he kills me like that's where he's getting his pleasure so he yeah. he meant to miss him. that shot he wants he wants him to suffer yeah i'm guessing you know, like he, he meant says to miss when that. he has jennifer he's he says you know that he didn't get to spend time with his father now you're going to pay for it you know he's it's like a, he's had a long time to work out all of the things that he wants to do to make them suffer, right? Because he believes they killed his father. Although, really, his father's own complicity in genocide is what killed his father. Correct. But the the crossbow, I love. I love the crossbow. I love a crossbow. I think I would have liked that if it was his signature weapon that he used more than just one time with I one agree. bolt. I agree with you. That's just it was bizarre to me. It would have been cool. Actually, that would have been rad if he just like only used the crossbow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of his 38 with a silencer. That he got he got the crossbow from that muse- that museum, the war memorial museum. The capital. The scariest memorial museum with mannequins with, with their faces covered. Creepy mannequin. Why did he go there? Uh, Do we know? Not really. There's no reason, right? He was just kind of trying to hide Jennifer or lure them someplace. I'm sh- Sure. Somehow they were thinking he was make. Was he making a point about Nazism? I don't know what he was doing I there think- because it's like it's not like that's where um, Steve Edwards was working or anything like that. He was just like, "Did you ever come here with your father?" Right? And she's like, "Yes, I'm sure I have." And he's like, "Well, I never got to do anything with my father, and I have to talk with you now or whatever." I think mm. the writers thought that they were doing something <laughs> like a Nazi tie-in. Yeah, Even they were doing World like War a one, like they were all around. Yeah. The, I think the writers felt like they were tying things up in World War II by setting it setting the battle royale in the <laughs> museum. In the, the scary mannequin the silly silly military museum. uniform. <laughs> mm-hmm. Museum very cavernous where it's like the echoingest Museum in oh, all so, of I have, DC. I have so many problems with the. Echo. And you know what his signature was instead of the crossbow? It was that fucking tape recorder because he mm-hmm. used it. He used it to lure the dad into. Yeah, which, that was good and creepy. Uh, I don't. It just. Was, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here, and it's just like, oh, now it's getting. I just thought it was confusing, and then weirder. there there wasn't a plan to, to use that in a way. It just like the dad got lured to that one mannequin, and then found the tape recorder. And then on the tape, wasn't it on the tape recorder that the guy said, you, f- you f- didn't find me, but I tortured Jennifer into making this sound. I liked that. <laughs> I thought so that was good. Weird. I, but it's again, I feel like this would have been good. <laughs> the timing. How did he guess that timing? It was so perfect. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I'm like, this would work in a different yeah, story. A different line. Like if, if he was a little scarier, if Overman yeah. was a little scarier because he wasn't, he was just kind of nerdy. He he wasn't very good at it. I mean, no. he did get a lot of kills considering. Well, but he at wasn't three at least. Like <laughs> wasn't super great at finessing that stuff. It's true when you're like making people tape record stuff and it's all spooky. Like magic's more fun when you're dead. Like that yeah. kind of situation. <laughs> so you have to absolutely. 
go all in and be creepy as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. He just wasn't like as creepy. Like he didn't do the the classic creepy things when he was somebody kidnapped. Like he didn't like press his face right next to Jennifer's and be all breathy and weird. He didn't have like you know he wasn't talking to one of the mannequins or anything like that. He didn't sing. Just, uh, like, he didn't sing. Take tying up loose ends. Yeah, yeah. And he's got that's, a blue that's, dress. That's what we expect now, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's I. I just. Oh, I mean, I always want the villain to be super scary. Like I always want it. Yeah. Um, yeah. If if not scary, especially in a situation where money is not the motive. Yeah. Uh, which is this is. Yeah. We're we're, we're in a, a good revenge. 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 Yeah, revenge just, is always good. The the elements also, were there. Come on, Nazis. I know. The I know. OSS. The elements were there. Just the way they were used. Just uh, getting a crossbow bolt in the middle of the day next to a random tree when they were just kind of standing around. It's not dramatic. It's there could have been a more dramatic moment to do that. Maybe there's a note attached to the bolt, a warning, something. I thought there was going to be something written. Yeah, on it. Or, I thought or, so too. Or, or that the since that's the only time he used it, I thought that 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 the arrowhead or something like something would have had some yeah. significance. Yeah, exactly. Like it would have been like it would have said OSS on it, or it would have it would have had some <laughs> yeah. really like I thought it would have been it would have said World War Two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he like uh, uh, Jennifer's dad would have been like, oh shit, this yeah. was mine. Yeah, like I mm. killed I killed his dad with this, or it was on fire. Also, would have been cool. <laughs> I don't want well. I'm okay. I just have to say a disclaimer. I may or may not be in the American society to normalize crossbow usage. <laughs> what? Um, I am not at liberty to say. The ASCU? <laughs> oh my God, Ellen. I, I just, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I just want to say, Ellen, that you're the best part of Click me. And you, you taught me to be strong and you taught me how to survive. <laughs> I want to say you're such a gadfly. Mm, Joe, we have such a bond of trust and respect. <laughs> You're our crossbow. My daddy. name's not Ellen. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Oberman. <laughs> it's Obermeyer. That's actually why I keep saying Obermeyer because that's my true identity. Oh man, you look like a ten, Jenny. So okay, I'm I'm just realizing that they made him that creepy so that they could kill him and we wouldn't feel that bad. Because I was kind of shocked when they yeah. just killed him. That was him. like that. That killing, I was like, "Ooh, yeah. okay, okay, Overman, <laughs> this is real." Like he doesn't care who's yeah. in his way. He totally set that guy up, and then he just stone cold blew his head off straight up and left that yearbook there to make him look and not even really like in a way where he's staging it. So it's like, Oh, you killed yourself. It's like, Nope, we're just going to rip that page out of the clarion yearbook, uh, throw it down and then say something cryptic about how like, Oh, everyone's going to wonder where your head was at creep or whatever. And then he leaves. Yeah. So I feel like Overman's just a little rough around the edges. If he had had to spend maybe a little bit longer in between kills in between finding the uh, the uh, OSS crew um maybe he could have cultivated and refined some of these methods mm-hmm. i just they he talked too much like i just yeah. i think that if you're going to do this kind of thing have him be and by this kind of thing do you mean brown pants and black loafers precisely yeah if you're going to do that uh, be silent and be incredibly menacing to the audience like not necessarily I, I i don't want the people in the episode to even know who you are or know that you're there this like i i'd say like he shows up and if he's gonna kill you you already know who he is you who is being mm. killed 
and he doesn't have to say shit. And then the mystery is who is this guy that's killing these people? And then it's why is he killing these people? And yeah, yeah, but this is, you know, again, this is Joe's rewrite corner. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying you want Oberman to take a page out of not necessarily out of like maybe is it is it Cyril? Who was the who's the albino Andy Warhol guy? Zero. Okay. Yeah. So more like that? Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, less cartoonish, but or or that cartoonish, that's fine. Um <laughs> I, so okay. This is this is one Just of the first menacing. times. Well, no, this isn't one of the first times. This is I I we have a long standing love of villains who have no people of hench. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And he has no people of hench, and I don't love him. Yeah. Oh. For real. And it's because he's not scary. Partially because he has like a set group of people that he's <laughs> that he's out to get. Like this isn't an unhinged person necessarily. This is just someone who's out for revenge, familial revenge. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as bad as that is, it's also like, well, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> like I didn't kill you, Dad. But only there's only three people he's after. Like, let him have him. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but he, but he killed Lester, and Lester didn't have anything to Lester do. Lester was a creep. Mm, true. And Lester, Lester, that's a loose end that he's creating there. Yeah, he created right a loose end. Tying up my loose ends. He really did not need to kill Lester at all. Either. He didn't. No, he so no. could have just knocked his ass out and. Because he did that to get the hearse to then run Jen- Jonathan and Jennifer off the road, which just didn't really. Also, just didn't make sense. I, f- I hate in car chases like Death Proof, uh, where they there are moments <laughs> the girls on the hood you can slow down at any moment, you can stop. The, the, the man wasn't shooting at Jonathan and Jennifer, he didn't have any sort of weapon. They were he was next to them, he wasn't behind them. They could have just slowed down and stopped the car at any second, and yet they just ran straight off the road at that T intersection, straight through the fence into a pile of hay. <laughs> <laughs> slow motion crash into hay. Yeah, I, I don't know why. It's, I know it's so dorky to get all bent out of shape about like stupid action sequence stuff like that, but it is it bothers me that it's just like. You just didn't think about this at all to me. See, to me, they were going slow enough that it, it did. <laughs> like that, that chase was the slowest it chase so I've stupid. ever seen in my life. Yeah. And um, he was just sort and of. And don't talk shit about Death Proof. Uh, because that, well, that, whole <laughs> that is such an amazing sequence. Yeah, I love it. It's and great. If, if they would have slowed down, they would have just been mashed to hell by his car. I don't know. I'm glad that they were driving slowly because it gave me more time to crow with delight about a red Thunderbird convertible. Yes. Um, playing chicken with a hearse <laughs> <laughs> in fake Maryland. I mean, I don't know if that happens and if that shit goes down in actual Maryland. (laughs) I suspect no. I feel like this is a very special place. You have to cross through the portal into fake Maryland. (laughs) In little little Maryland in in LA. Weirdly though, that happens all the time in Thousand Oaks. Yeah. All the time. I saw all the T birds just out on the street with the hearses just (laughs) doing it. Uh, I love Jonathan yelled out though, what was he? He was like Oh, he's got a he's got a, a one price. One it's a, price yeah, deal. One price package. Kills you, then he buries you. <laughs> so and then Jennifer was like, hey, <laughs> idiot, that's not that's not Lester the Molester. Yeah, I just did not. I like the elements of it. I like the T-Bird. I like the hearse. Again, I like the crossbow. I like the war museum. Just not utilized well, in my opinion. You know what my favorite 
part about that whole chase was was the aftermath when okay so there are two things about the aftermath that i love first one was when uh when oberman got jennifer out of the car yes. he pushes her and then freeze That's frame. They freeze frame great freeze frame i don't know. amazing freeze frame i thought it was wonderful but no it was when jonathan gets out of the car and just slowly stumbles into the road mm. this like That's deliberate good slow static shot of him and the and the road and a car coming up the road that was the car's good. going super fast too. yeah the car like i was thinking why are we spending so much time on this <laughs> oh i, lo- I loved that jonathan got because because he you know jonathan's gonna always insist that he's fine unless he's been blinded or um actually you know or amnesed yeah yeah so when he i'm with eric like i love that moment where he climbs like all dazed out of the uh-huh. convertible and slides over the back. And then he slips on the hay mm-hmm. and practically bites it. And it just really plays. Yeah. Hay is very slippery. I don't know if you yeah. guys knew this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, that's almost slippery. as much hay as you have at your country music. <laughs> almost, almost enough um, to coat your but, entire house in it. <laughs> I thought it was good. And then sure enough, classic Jonathan, right? The guy's like, Hey man, are you okay, buddy? Are you okay? He's like, he's like, I'm fine. Uh, yeah. or whatever and, and it's just like that's weird because i feel like two seconds ago you just almost bit it on some slippery hay yeah, also yeah. when they finally get to the museum jonathan has a big ass cut on oh, his yeah. head mm-hmm. and yeah that's one of the first times i've ever seen like a an actual wound on one of them hmm. a visible mm. wound did he have one when he ran over that trash can when he was flying a kite <laughs> or that that was jennifer that was Jennifer. Oh, okay. He's had a bump on his head before, I think. I don't remember ever seeing okay. like a, well, the, I think we usually see like a bandage or yeah. a bandage. It's like a Grover accident. When he got hit by the scooter. So I, <laughs> I, I remember asking my mom when I was like four or whatever, who puts the bandaid on Grover when he falls down? Because Grover would like crash into something and oh, then yeah. stand up and there would be a bandaid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who puts oh. the bandaid on Grover? And my mom would always say, probably his mom. Aww. Oh, isn't that cute? This heart belongs to mom. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, Grover is the best Muppet, and please don't at me for the scene though. They're all Grover freeze frame issue. I always have issues with their freeze frames. They never get it right. the The time to freeze frame in that scene is when he pulls a gun out. The gun is out of focus in the foreground, and Jennifer looks up, startled. Freeze frame. You don't need to see him get her out of the car and then push her and then freeze frame. I that loved weird angle. that. I loved it. It's I so thought that was a bizarre. good shot. I thought no. it was a good shot. It was nicely composed. And I also love that it was like, he's really aggressive. He's, he is threatening. Yeah, he's got a gun. He pushed Jennifer. He pushes our favorite person. I don't know. Like, no. I, liked, I liked it when your favorite person was just like, the, who the fuck are you? Get away from me and my husband. We just were in a car wreck, dumbass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that that scene goes on for a little bit is amazing to me because it's not the same Jennifer where she's like, like looking horrified at the mailman who deigns to talk to her about how she gave him that turkey because Charles Dickens or whatever. <laughs> but it's completely where she's just, just like, my husband is injured. Um, get the hell are you? Like she's not even doesn't not even registering like. Mm-hmm. anything except that jonathan has a head injury mm-hmm. and i thought that was really interesting she's just like i'm not going with you like she just like doesn't even that not yeah she doesn't even like question who he is or why he ran them off the road or like what's going on in her color coordinated red outfit with red <laughs> shoes yes okay so 
Well, my second favorite part of this episode happens right after this scene. Jonathan gets home, back to their house. The dad's there. He mm-hmm. tells the dad, the daddy, what happened. Father. Uh, the father. And then the dad, I fully father? was like tucked in, ready for a moment of the dad to blame Jonathan, father? to get really mad, the father, to play up this <laughs> tension and drama between the daddy and Jonathan, the father, father. and Jonathan, <laughs> the, the Johnny father. Uh, but they don't do it because he, the dad, <laughs> father, daddy. Please, please just pick, pick one and go with it. The daddy. I'm picking daddy. You know, I'm picking daddy. The daddy immediately apologizes. He says something like, I can't believe you let this happen. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't you. It wasn't your fault. Yeah. I feel like a modern day TV show, they would play up the tension between Jonathan and the dad. They, It's just, I was so just ready to have this cliche moment of the dad being like, you let my daughter go, like, fuck you. And then Jonathan to be like, fuck you. You didn't, it's your fault. And then they have this tension that they can re- then release at the end of the episode, which is so cliche, mm-hmm. but they immediately just like deciphered that moment by the dad apologizing. And then uh, like a couple seconds later in the scene, the dad does it again. And then again, apologizes and says, no, I'm sorry. I'm just like freaking out. My daughter's gone. I can't remember exactly what, what he says. Well, they've established you know, we, we've established that they have a bond of trust and respect to yes. some degree. And I love that. Uh, earlier in the episode, right? When Jonathan says, um, You ain't playing tennis with I know, a blind dude. I know Constantine Wainwright. Yeah. <laughs> or I know Wainwright. And there's that moment, right? And he already has said, you know, Stephen Edwards has, has said things to indicate, you know, that he's happy that Jennifer's with Jonathan and all yeah. that stuff. Right? I love so that. And, Jen- and Jonathan's like, that, that's not the way our family does it or whatever mm-hmm. yeah, that's not the way our family runs or yeah. something so we there's a go, lot of, we a lot of by that ourselves. yeah 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 he, and so i think that's really good but yeah the way he apologizes it's like it's so yeah great. he misspoke yeah it felt so yeah. fresh and then the daddy says <laughs> she's as much yours as she is mine which is such mm-hmm. a great he trusts jonathan um it's a great jonathan daddy bond and i love mm-hmm. that it although felt- jennifer belongs to no one thank Don't you worry, everyone good night <laughs> Well, yeah. He says, Thanks for coming. I think he says she's as much yours as she is mine. I, I think, no, that, mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Okay. But I, that felt so fresh to me to just not play that drama up because that's, I well, feel like. Well, they didn't like, have time. Like, if it was a yeah, two part episode. Also, no time. Right. <laughs> they could have. Over, Overman's uh, just already, they're already at the Capitol Military Museum yeah, that's of true. Disturbing Mannequins Where and Echoes. Daddy's supposed to go there alone to get, to give, to. I don't know, to get Jennifer back? Yeah. To right. die? He Don't bring a, any weapons and come by yourself. Jonathan's Classic. hiding in the back seat. And if anybody was watching, it would appear that the daddy was by himself until he fucking hands a weapon, like a gun to Jonathan over the back seat, just so ruining any any hiding of Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, like, who's like laying down. Yeah, the and then he hands him a gun. And it's just like... Jonathan what? then almost immediately springs out of Walter's yeah beautiful periwinkle blue car Mm -hmm. and shoves a gun into his pants in clear view of whoever might be watching well but jonathan also immediately yells that he's there on like moments after there everybody's like in the creepy mannequin i'm here too everybody's like i'm here i'm here i'm here and it's like He's like, oh, I told you not to do it. You, you did it wrong. Yeah. That museum, <laughs> that, that museum climax was not anywhere near as good as any of the parking lot 
uh, no. climaxes of any heart to heart episode. Mm-hmm. Like I, lots I just... of stanchions getting knocked over though. <laughs> yeah. Well, also the museum just appeared to be so propped up. Like it, it, it had no, it had no value. Like there was no value to anything that was in there. So it's like I don't give a shit if you're shooting a flag. I don't know. I don't give a I shit if you're shooting sort of a fucking. Want- Mannequin. I wanted to see the mannequin that was dressed representing things that American military personnel wore in Vietnam. I, I thought, thought Oberman was, was going to be one of the mannequins at one I point. Did too. And I, was like I did so too. excited. Like the Nazi mannequin. Like, yeah. duh. duh. Well, because the great. mannequins had like, they had fabric over their faces. Yeah. And I was like, right. that's creepy. <gasps> oh, that's awesome. Right. And or, I know, I'm immediately scanning their hands. I'm like, unless Oberman has a fake hand that screws <laughs> on, those are just mannequins. Yeah, I know. And then Jonathan does, he sh- they're shooting at each other across the museum. And Jonathan does a weird thing where he says, if by my count, that was your last bullet. And then the guy shoots at him and again. All, Whoops. And then Jonathan <laughs> says, now for sure that was your last bullet. Yeah. And then that's, I, that's funny to me. That's goes clever. running I at like him. I like that because it's like, oops. <laughs> Jumps. Does a weird he jump. Leaps. He yeah. leaps. He leaps like a panther. <laughs> yeah, that's good. There's been you know, that's kind of like a heartless hobby. Jonathan is is really yeah. getting down with the leap. It's like a it's his new uh, jump on moving vehicle move. Mm. It's the same move, just without the car. Yeah. yeah. Let's be honest. Like that panther like yeah. leap is what you need to. You need to get the air. I mean, you have to get at least as high as the back of a the trunk right so correct the hood or the trunk so on a, from better. a move on a moving vehicle so it's like that's a yeah, lot you gotta of get air some, you gotta get some height because when you start to get pulled back down by gravity you you know you gotta hit it mm, i love i love that, that leap as well <laughs> it ends so quick yeah, it was like, just boom. like punch punch you're done mm-hmm. yeah the end and then no satisfaction like there it, no one gets arrested. No one's. There's no anything. They don't even show the guy. I thought I was like, is that him on the ground? But it was a mannequin. This is a like. This is where I my Scooby Doo uh, childhood rears its ugly head, and I'm like, I need a. I would have gotten, gotten away with, away with it, with it if it weren't for your meddling kids your moment. Kids. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. need to see and, and your stoned dog. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. See, <laughs> I need to see the villain either be killed or taken away like i just i just need it well weirdly also having still having on a mask or something that the police have just pulled down and left slightly on their head mm-hmm. right where it's just like you need you need that kind of closure and resolution so it absolutely requires overman to be like like i would have built this amusement park too if it wasn't for you fucking <laughs> right yeah and it's like it's like i put all that time into making a fake giant Aztec question mark robot monster <laughs> illusion and you stupid kids blah blah mm-hmm. or the scary Davy Jones locker one I can't even remember what the person was trying to build there but it was probably an underwater amusement park they're always Lots of amusement parks <laughs> always always meddling okay ABM I I don't know I don't know why but it's time oh for what Pick, Pick your punk, Joe. Uh, I don't have one. <gasps> the crossbow bolt, because it's pokey. Because uh, it's pokey. Uh. <laughs> Ellen. Oh, it's me. Um, Walter. <laughs> Walter, the servant. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Overman. Overman. Hmm, the Nazi. 
child. The, the child. He's not a Nazi. We he's don't not, know that he's a Nazi. I, just, just I feel like be. if you were defending your dad. I'm shocked that you would pick Oberman because he is blonde. A Nazi. <laughs> if you're defending, if you're rev- getting revenge for someone killing your dad. He's not be- a Nazi. Because your dad's a Nazi, then you are at least partially a Nazi yourself. I don't agree with that. I actually I think that would be a fucking fantastic story to tell. The child of a Nazi getting revenge for the death of their parent, and they themselves are not a Nazi. No. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's a really interesting... That seems it's like a... a lot s- to reconcile. That's like a no. Sydney Lumet <laughs> kind of story. Absolutely. I just, think I just right? watched a bunch of Sydney Lumet movies. <laughs> right. You watched Prince of the City. Right. It's just, it's just and that... And I watched Daniel, which is about uh, uh, some some Jews that were executed for... <laughs> Forgiving Nazi some secrets. Intense, <laughs> some intense Timothy Hutton. You're the, Tim, you're the ex-Nazi. Tim Hutton. <laughs> Intelligence. He's not an ex-Nazi. Yeah, He's I, the child I know, of a but, Nazi. Okay, well, put yourself in his shoes. If your dad was a Nazi and he got killed. Oh, yeah, no. I'm, and you I'm want 100% to revenge, like, dad, dad deserved Nazi. it. No, but if you want to get revenge for your dad who was killed for being a Nazi, you are at least have some empathy for his views as a Nazi. No. I disagree. I feel like it it's much like the Lumet aspect. It's like it's complicated. To me it's it what Eric's saying is interesting because there are those moments when we find out things about our parents that maybe deconstruct the myth that we have of our parents or this idea about our parents. Not that everybody's parents are Nazis um, or <laughs> but, traitors. But they are. But there's there's that moment when there are things that you find out about your parents that reveal them as humans or as you know as as complex beings as someone just like yourself and that's a strange a strange uh shift like it i think it throws people off of you have to readjust your footing and your perspective at that moment and Mm -hmm. i think if somebody is involved in something so universally reviled as the nazi party that's a lot i i i wouldn't say that i wouldn't assume that oberman was a nazi all we know is that he is German. He's a Nazi sympathizer, at the very least. I well, well, he, I still disagree. Is, I don't think we have any proof of that at he all. He's a sympathizer of one specific Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you if you didn't like, sympathize, he has, he has nothing to do with the party. He has he has only something to do with one guy. If you didn't sympathize with the Nazis, you would be like, "Well, my dad got murdered for being a Nazi. He was a Nazi, so I he disagree. got killed." I think you can separate the love of a of a parent and the desire to wreak vengeance on someone that killed your parent. I think you're able to separate that from. This is why I think I this know. is an interesting story. Whether they were Nazis or not. This is an interesting story to me. I it's, don't think I, you can do I that. I don't. I am not. I am not picking a side here. I. I am not saying you're that. on Ellen's side. I'm no. I'm not on <laughs> Ellen's. I'm not. Like Clearly. actually, this is this is great because you, Ellen, is is actually arguing one side, and you are arguing another side. You guys are pro Nazi. <laughs> the only thing I brought up was that. This argument is interesting. I don't know. <laughs> you you can't go on a revenge mission for your Nazi father without without at least sympathizing for him being a Nazi. That's like I just can't see it happening. I because could not disagree more. Otherwise, you would you would think he was a Nazi, he deserved to die. He thinks Nazis deserve to live. Is what he's saying by no, getting he revenge. A Nazi yes. deserved to live. Yes, therefore sympathizing with Nazis. No. He thinks his father should have been around to raise him so he could be with his father. He said, 
says to Jennifer as much, you know, it's like, I would have liked to have more time with my father, but I can't because of your father. He doesn't say, I would like to spend more time <laughs> at Nazi rallies and reading Mein Kampf <laughs> with my dad, who is a Nazi, and so am I. But he's also not saying, I would love to spend more time with my dead dad, but he was a Nazi, so I understand. Why would he say that? Because he he's was a, a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, because he he's re- getting revenge for his Nazi father. And he was killed for being a Nazi. Guys. Nazi with Republican. And you guys. Make the same you're, way. you're just Republicans. fleshing out this whole story <laughs> that I think is so fascinating. <laughs> and that if Sidney Lemon wasn't dead, it would have been a great movie <laughs> for him like, to make. <laughs> what other example can you even like prescribe to this situation? It's just like I'm trying to <laughs> I, think of another example. Of honestly, like, I just i i don't i don't know where I sit on this. I just I think uh, you have I, to. I think that it's it's very much this. What we are talking about is a child seeking revenge for the death of his father, <laughs> and there is no political ideology to go with that. But the political ideology that though. exists for <laughs> that caused the death of his father is so heavy yeah. that we can't ignore it that's so fucking interesting to me like that's this there i'm sure there yeah. are multiple plays written about it in the 70s but ellen ellen what about when jonathan was leaping through the air and <laughs> oberman screamed out i hate jews <laughs> <laughs> what about that <laughs> do you still think he wasn't a nazi <laughs> well i uh, would suggest investigating uh, some of the handful of cases where, and some surprisingly recent, given the time frame, that there are people that are discovered outside of the place where they allegedly committed these crimes or participated in these crimes, and they raise families and they live below the radar in whatever country they have escaped to, to take on another identity and live, live the rest of their lives out. And those people have family members and children. Their parents have not been murdered, but there are many, not, not many, like thousands and thousands of people, but there are absolutely family members and close friends and colleagues and neighbors of people that are then revealed to be war criminals, which is what we're talking about. Yes. And, not necessarily Nazis, but people that are complicit in genocide. And because, unfortunately, there's so many uh, instances of genocide around the world in recent history that there are lots of people who escape and start new lives. And to me, I think it would be interesting to pursue further the perspective of someone who is actually the child of one of those people, because it is twice as confusing, I think, to realize that you've been lied to, that your parent who's going to say, we have a bond of trust and respect, but yeah, I'm that guard that all of the Jews that are still alive are saying I am. I'm the terrible guard from that horrible place. And the kids are like, that's not you. That's not, that's not our dad or that's not our neighbor. or That's not Mr. Whatever. And it's like, it's very complicated. But to me, just within the context of this episode, there is no evidence given in the episode that Oberman is a Nazi. He's He's not a Nazi sympathizer, even. They don't even say that. He's the the child of a murdered parent. And actually, they didn't even murder him. He he goes through the legal process. So, yeah, um, he was. Criminals, and then he just dies. He was executed. He's executed. Right. Yeah. By a government 
by those three the three men that caught him is the people that Oberman's trying to kill, right? Correct. So that makes even less sense to me, to be honest. Because was he I don't know. We we'd have to know more details, but uh, in my mind, he is definitely Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> it's like I I can't conflate Nazism with it with him being the father, with it being being a child and parent. I can't I can't say that those two are one and the same. But if any of us had dads who were Nazis and then were executed by a government, we we wouldn't think to go on a revenge mission. We would be like, oh, they're not. They were Nazis. Like. I love my dad, but he was a Nazi, so he deserved to die. Like he got executed. I don't know. It just doesn't. It's like a very personal story from a government execution. That I think we're all capable of loving the parts of people that are not something that we revile or something that challenges us. Are not I think Nazis. It's something that just about people that, especially like in the past few years, when people are, have been really challenged by the breakdown in communication and this this big chasm that's opened up mm-hmm. politically um amongst families and whatever like people have been challenged to ask themselves what their boundaries are and and how do you have affection for these people when you realize that they have an ideology that is so different from your own and you know i think that a lot of people have grappled with a similar issue and i think yeah. people have different responses However, that said, there is no evidence in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Nazi or Nazi sympathizer. So we're just going on the record that you believe that because the father has a certain ideology and the kid wants to wants to go on a revenge avenge mission. his his death, that the kid has to also support the ideology. And a little, I'm at least a little bit. Yeah, I'm saying that that's not not true. Yeah my my thoughts my thoughts on it are that. The father's ideology don't play into his revenge plot because a revenge plot is 100% personal. Yeah. So it's just my dad died. I would think my dad was killed. I, my dad did not I get to want spend time revenge with me. for yeah. my loss, not my dad's loss. Like, like it's not, it's not that my dad had other things to do, it's that I lost my dad. Like, it's not that the world lost a super great old Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that the that he goes on a revenge mission though means that he thinks his dad was innocent and that he got murdered for the wrong no, reasons. No, no, that's a, that no. I also disagree. With I that. disagree. I think, I think no, that it's think... it's it's not about his dad's guilt or innocence. It's about it's his loss. Killed. Like, it's about it's about yeah. I lost something right. that I feel, and it's all we're also getting into like I. Christian Oberman's psychosis, which has has possibly been bred into him uh, by by a an obvious sociopath or psychopath who was a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost something that was his, right? And he is going to seek revenge for that loss. I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying that he deserves his revenge. I'm not, I don't think revenge is ever deserved, really. Uh, I think that justice is deserved, but revenge is not. Revenge is not a, a thing that Yeah. <laughs> revenge is not a thing that actually exists. I don't know. Uh, so it's it's just a, it, that's a thought exercise. This is yeah, all a thought I exercise. Know. I feel like we And I feel like it. this would be fucking a great movie. It would be a great movie. <laughs> God damn it, Sydney! Why'd you die? About a Nazi daddy. Uh, someone has. I'm sure someone has made this movie. I'm sure someone has written this play. I believe it is a play. Yeah. yeah if I any of our listeners know plays. of 
this particular story being uh, elucidated in a play or movie or book that or, we can read. I would love to know about it. Please email us at it was at gmail.com. Good night, freeway. It's over. Was Oberman a Nazi? Or, <laughs> are any of our listeners the neighbor, child, spouse, coworker of someone that was revealed to be a war criminal? Yeah. Talk to me about it. There's got to be so many memoirs or essays written from that experience. There has to be. Oh, yeah. Well, because not everyone is is a Goebbels level war criminal. You know, like this is, there's people that were simply in the military. Mm -hmm. uh, And, you know, it's, it's just, it's complicated. There's so many people whose lives are affected by things like that and by these horrifying to me, ideologies, and I think that from my perspective, I mean, I get, I get your reasoning, Joe, I do, but from my perspective, I think that you don't have to love the whole person and align yourself with all of the things in order to... <laughs> Go on a revenge killing spree. <laughs> well, yeah, to, to, to have, have a... that level of hurt yeah. and uh, anger about loss. Mm-hmm. That's I'm, I agree with Ellen. I also agree with Joe. I know, I know exactly what Joe is talking about. And I'm like, yeah, like you, you should probably reckon with the reason your, your father was killed. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, you know, just, uh, acting on your personal (laughs) affliction. It's also obviously just an insane person. Yeah. It's it's also an episode of heart to heart. So I don't, I don't Anyway, uh, I don't have a poke either. This, so that's, oh yeah, you're. <laughs> oh wow, it's you only me this week. I mean, I, wow. there was a moment where I was like, "Oh yeah, no, it's Overman," but uh, no, he has yeah. like a weird sinewy face that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's bring it back to vapidness. I don't like your I, sinewy I, face, blonde man. Don't think I. I don't even remember his face. I think I just see like the blonde hair, and I'm like, "Is that David McCallum in there?" I, I feel like he was probably really cute in the '60s <laughs> as a Nazi when he was a Nazi. Uh, <laughs> this brings me around all to... those '60s Nazis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the '60s Nazis. <laughs> When it was okay to be a Nazi and fly a private jet, my rewrite, which is a double rewrite of a line, two lines, where <laughs> when they were um, Jennifer and her daddy and Jonathan are walking back Father. into their house, and the dad says something, and what I thought he said is, "I just had to have an old-fashioned stink," which I thought was a great way to say I had to take a shit, an old-fashioned stink. But he said, "Steak, steak." But then I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing thinking about him saying, I just had to have an old fashioned stink. Because I love that for like. Uh, that's going to be. Yes. That's going to live in our house for the rest of our lives. So, what then I was like giggling to myself. <laughs> I, have an old, I have to have so an old fashioned stink. I was giggling myself the whole time thinking of like, I had to have an old fashioned stink. <laughs> oh, just an old fashioned stink. The whole episode thinking about the dad saying he had to take a shit by saying I had to have an old fashioned stink. And then to stop me if you know where I'm going with this. But when they're on the private jet at the end and Jennifer asks what the first thing Jonathan's going to do when they get home. He's going to have an old fashioned stink. (laughs) He kisses her and then he and then she says, what's the second thing you're going to do? And he says, I'm going to have an old fashioned stink. Oh, my God. My stomach hurts. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's too real for Ellen. It's too I'm real. I'm just going to let you guys strap that up. Get it out of your system. Oh, my God. <laughs> because that is what he's going to do second. <laughs> that definitely is. An old-fashioned stink. And I was even thinking about, like, that is a really good way because it's the oldest thing in the world. It's, like, the oldest practice in the world. Oh, An old-fashioned no. stink. <laughs> Of course, I was just sort of <laughs> having a moment with that where I was like, oh, a steak sounds so good. <laughs> that was the opposite of the moment I was having. Yeah. <laughs> I have to shout out Jennifer's outfit on the plane. She's that great sapphire blue. Oh, with like the weird plunging tassels? neckline thing. Did it have t- giant tassels? Or that was no. Someone, no, no that was when they come back. The steak dinner outfit where yeah. she was wearing this lavender shawl. Yeah, uh, over a oh, matching yeah. lavender mm-hmm. slip dress that I, was just not oh, attractive kind of like a at cut all. Up bed sheet. The, it was very. It was somewhat shapeless. Yeah. Well, I don't remember Strange. what she was wearing. It was sort of like a tube, like Momenchance kind of a vibe. It was. It was one step away from Mrs. Roper. To me, like it was. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> that was kind of what it, it gave me, like a Rue McClanahan vibe, but without pattern. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, and you know, no shade on on Rue McClanahan and Blanche, but it just, it was very much like Blanche is going out for dinner vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally with her daddy. Boba was Father. genuinely concerned that I was dying. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she like, up, came like, over. What's wrong, daddy? <laughs> she came over to check on me. <laughs> Oh, um, well, that was hilarious. I did want to tell that story. I don't know if I've told it on the podcast before. The word daddy always reminds me of a story. This is completely unrelated. I don't know if I should even tell the story. Uh, My friend told me a story of this guy he knew and his girlfriend were in a fight and she had, he was locked in the bathroom and she had brought in an entire recycle (laughs) bin of glass bottles and was throwing them at the door to get him to come out because she was so pissed at him. And then what? Um, she said at one point, if you don't, or she broke a, a bottle broke and she said, if you don't come out, I'm going to kill your dog. And then he opened the door and she the had fuck? a broken bottle up to the dog's neck, like to threaten what? the dog. Yeah. Horrifying, horrifying. But we just pictured the dog not understanding what's going on. And it's eyes. So terrified looking at the guy and being like, daddy, what's going What's wrong? <laughs> daddy, what's this lady doing? <laughs> And so now that's why the whole Boba Daddy thing started where we always like whenever we do dog voices in this house, they always say, daddy, oh, daddy, what's daddy, what's going on? Daddy, what's happening? So that's like, oh, man, have you ever thrown stuff at somebody in an an argument? Like, that's like, no, that's a domestic. That's yeah, I'm just that that lady needs to be in lockdown and her dog. I'm I'm mostly just like that. That person has a partner. Come on, world. <laughs> the dog is safe. The dog, the dog, was, the dog was fine. It was an empty threat. But I just imagine that dog's eyes just looking so terrified and being like, daddy. Anyway, uh, ratings. Oh, fuck. I forgot about ratings. Oh, am I up first? Right. I'm first, right? You are up first. It's a two. A Did two? not like pretty bored throughout. Uh, there were some, a couple redeeming moments. The two points are for the the moment between Jennifer and the dad and then her crying. And that was a very real, very good moment. Also, um, what, sorry, I'm spacing his name, the actor that played 
the deity. Ray Milland. Ray Milland was a huge star, right? Yeah. So he's, he's a big guy. Yeah. So um, I wonder what the vibe was like having him on set. I mean, I'm sh- they got a huge star to play Jennifer Hart's dad, E. So I just imagine that that was a big moment. It felt powerful. It felt really powerful. I don't know what her relation to that actor was, but they they had a real chemistry, and I really like that. Um, and the other was the old fashioned stink. <laughs> and for bringing that into our lives, that's the other point I'm giving, and like a little bit of the crossbow, I guess. Overall, not great. Not a great villain. Not a great plot. I did like that it, there wasn't money involved. That it was a crime of passion, but just pretty bored. Helen, <laughs> uh, I'm going three and a half. I can't quite get it to a four for some reason. Um, and much like many other times, I think it's because I feel like the tools were there, like the, the ingredients were there to make this really pop. Yeah. And it just didn't quite come off. But of course, I love things about Nazi hunters and the OSS. I like anytime somebody's talking about extra dry martinis, blah, blah, blah. Um, I like that. And I, I love that sort of, it's like, um, ooh, there's a connection to hit Jennifer Hart when you think of um, three old dudes that someone's taking revenge on because Craig Wasson is in Ghost Story. Yeah. And the premise of that, right, is that there's a vengeful ghost that comes back to get Fred Astaire and some who else? It's all, it's a similarly sort of yeah. like, ba ba da ba, like marquee named John Houseman. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> who's, who's the other person? Anyways, very similar, but also Craig Wasson is the um, hitman fake cousin in Hit Jennifer Hart. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. Or it's kind of like anytime there's the old picture of the people that are now in danger. I'm sort of just a sucker for that whole device. I'm just into it. Like even in like Young Sherlock Holmes, when you figure out that those children were in that cult or whatever. Anyways, I digress, but three and a half mm-hmm. could have been something. I do love Ray Milland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm giving it a three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was bored. Mm-hmm. I was definitely bored. But I was also, uh-huh. I felt like there were elements of it that I thought were so nicely done that I couldn't, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't hate it. Like, I, I didn't hate it. So Didn't quite come together, though. <laughs> no, it didn't come together. Like, there's, the, I, I wish the villain was, was more threatening. I wish that the villain was actually scary. It's not, it's not scary when someone's just going after one person. Yeah. Um, if they jump, jumped into the pathos at all of what that villain was feeling and something, the, there were elements interspersed that were cool and seemed like they could have been a good plot, but it just weren't utilized well, much like the crossbow. I won't skip it when I rewatch. Like, oh, I'll, I'll watch this one again. I just, I won't, uh, I, I would never point anyone in the direction of this one. <laughs> yeah. We scattered. I do like that we met Jennifer's daddy, though. That was nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, that's what I said. Oh my god. Father. <laughs> All right. So that's an 8.5, which is a a real solid oh. heart murmur. Yeah. Is it mm. solid? Middle of the road. I mean, it's right in the center. 8.5. Oh, it's like higher than above average yeah. heart murmur. Yeah. Mur- mur- that's the sound. But <laughs> 
<laughs> what is the sound again? It's not a mer mer because that's middle of the road. It's like a mer mer, like it's like uh oh, like a tease. You teased us. It's a questioning duck fart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellen, what are we doing next? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, originally airing on February second, nineteen eighty-two. Next week, we're going to be talking about Heart of Diamonds. Mm. Jonathan is shocked to discover that someone has brainwashed Jennifer so completely that she starts stealing jewels from her friends. What? And pulls a gun on Jonathan when he tries to stop her. Cool. Whoa. Hypnosis is coming back. I love it. Hundreds year old Ruby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this sounds like a could be a very black tie episode, also. I am so excited for this one. Pretty excited. <laughs> we'll see. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you all for sticking around for this. Uh, if you and had thanks. a parent that's a Nazi and you avenge their death, please write right. to us because if we want yes. to know mm-hmm. your motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any other things to say to us, just follow us on Instagram <laughs> or Twitter at <laughs> it was murder pod. And you can also email us at it was murder pod at gmail.com. Rate and review us anywhere you're, wa- you're watching, anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Uh, if you're having trouble finding episodes to watch along with us, just Google the episode title <laughs> <laughs> and it will come up. I swear to God, it will come up. We, did anybody got anything to plug? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear we're taking the show on the road. Yeah. We are taking the show on the road. We're, we're, we're going to do a live so- action. Joe and I are now vaccinated. Uh, we, uh, I went through the garbage second dose vaccination thing, oh, yeah. and Joe had no reaction I to felt it at all. So good all day. <laughs> I felt like I had so much energy. I was. I, was I felt. Really I felt like I was slowly ran over by a truck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then it disappeared. It disappeared like as soon as it come. As soon as it came. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, we're hopefully going to be doing uh, our first in live in person podcast with the three of us, and yeah. that'll be so in fun. a room. Yeah, it'll be great. That's so crazy. We'll but see. that might not be for like three episodes from now. Yeah, it'll possibly. probably be three episodes from now, or four, mm-hmm. or four. Mm-hmm. But uh, you'll there'll be an audio difference. There may not be a content difference. There might be a chemistry <laughs> difference. <laughs> I plan to be drinking excessively. Yeah, we're just going to get wasted. Mm. Uh, excitement. Anyway, we excitement. live very near Maryland, where the Orioles are from. and <laughs> <laughs> Arid Maryland. <laughs> Arid Maryland. <laughs> And we we got to see cute Freeway get picked up and kissed. Mm. And I hope that when Jennifer and Jonathan got home, the first thing that she did was kiss Freeway. I think I don't think that's the first thing. Good night, Freeway. (laughs) Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. And good night, daddies. Father.